Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. If you desire to make your life extraordinary, to reach and exceed your personal and professional goals, and to learn from other strong leaders, then the Boss Lady Podcast is for you. As a mother, wife, and former CEO, I will share lessons and stories of personal and professional successes and failures. Join my co-host, Al Smith, and me as we break down strategies, tools, and techniques that will enhance your professional and personal growth. I am Teresa Rand, and this is the Boss Lady Podcast. Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. This is Al Smith with Teresa Rand of Teresa Rand Consulting and the leader of the Boss Lady Community. My friend, how you doing? I am great. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's Just, November. I know. It's like almost the end of November. It's almost the end of the year. Jeez. Oh, well. I, I'm not as sad to see 21. What? Let me see. What? How am I trying to say that? Well, this isn't as bad I was as happy year. to see 2020 go. Yes. I'm not as happy to see 2021 go, okay. but I'm still relatively happy to see because yes. I think we're getting better and better and better. So yes, just you yeah. know, if we could just figure out this, uh, you know, where do we get the people and the products we need? You know, I know where's the, right? Please. Where's the? When's the train going to start running on yeah, time? I know. <laughs> Thankfully, I've already done all my holiday grandchildren shopping because I I told oh. them back in October to send me a list, or I wasn't going to stress myself about it. So we only buy for the grandkids now. We don't. Well, what else is there? True. My kids are like, what? Yeah. But yeah. But when you get six and a half of them, that's still a pretty good shopping list. But no, but thanks to you, I I scored big. I I went and got the grandkids. I I buy them bikes. They're little kids. Don't think I went too crazy. Yeah. But I, I went to the store and bought the bikes early. Oh, awesome. Before the first of November. Teresa, I have never bought a Christmas <laughs> gift for anybody, anywhere, anytime before. Ah, makes me happy. But, I'm rubbing off on you. But the thought of those two grandkids looking at me, because yeah. they know I'm getting them a bike. Oh, right? I should without the goods, man. Good. That would not be good. No, you know. I enjoy the holidays better if I've got my gifts bought. Right? Well, I'll, I'll get back to them then. I like yeah. the excitement of the last minute. But. <laughs> Thanks to you, I, I. Well, your grandkids will be happy. Yes, they will be happy. Nothing like giving a kid a bike on. Yeah, I've, over I've, the holidays, I've experienced right? it a couple times, and uh, and they fully expect it. Yeah, well, that's that's true too. And that's, that's fine. true too. I just couldn't let them down. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so. That's cool. So yeah, Thanksgiving's coming up. Pastor Katie will be here to do her. Annual, now annual, I can call it, right? This is our yeah. second year, her annual Thanksgiving message. If you're a new listener, Pastor Katie is on once a month. She does a non-denominational conversation, not really a sermon. It's always a conversation. We figure out a topic, and sometimes they're really tough topics, and she just does an amazing job. So the last Thursday of the month is when Pastor Katie's always on. So we'll have her regular holiday um Thoughts for yeah, us on Thanksgiving, the holidays. Yep, and other than that, we're planning for the new year, right? We yes, you are. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Had a goal setting workshop. Going to be doing another one. I hope um, on 
in December, I just drew a blank. GPS. Yep. You can go uh, to com and find out about my GPS online course. That stands for Goal Planning Strategy Session. We are going to work through how we can plan for 2022 and make a <clears throat> measurable plan, but an actionable plan. I have some uh, worksheets and things we'll work through. So again, go to TeresaRanConsulting.com and you can see all things that are happening in the boss lady community, in the career cultivators community, and the workshops that we're doing and having coming up in preparation for the new year. Yeah. We're going to be talking about that a lot. Talking about that a lot. I should remember what the statistic is, but it's like, I I think it's in the 90s of of the difference between accomplishing a goal, whether you write it down or Mm. don't write it down. So the more, you know, you go through something like you're talking about has a huge impact on what you'll accomplish next year. So, you know, coming to your session and somebody who's, sat down and, and thought it out and figured out how to present this in a way that'll that'll help you do it. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer yeah. if you're looking to, yeah. to have a good year yeah. next year. You know, the, the whole writing <clears throat> things down, visualizing things, saying them out loud helps, you know, all of those things that you you have to have belief that they're going to happen. You know, I mean, you got to have action to make them. No, happen, you have to have it. Well, and I but think you got to believe it to start with, right? Yeah, and I think the key word for for to get it all going is clarity. Yeah, right? you got to have clarity yeah. as to what it is you want. Sometimes yeah. you got to eliminate what you don't want. Absolutely. So by focusing on what you do want, then you got to say no to other things. Right. And I say that, Teresa, but it's the thing I struggle with the most is is saying no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and keep you know yeah. I have to laugh because whenever I hear somebody saying what you don't want, my mother told me that when, um, you know, been married a few times and now I'm happily married, third time's a charm, they say. But my mom said, as you get older and you've been around a little bit, knowing what you don't want in a man or in a partner Um, is half the battle. Our life. And that's so true because you don't waste time. It's like, yeah, don't want that, don't want that, moving on, you know, whether it's a relationship or a job or whatever it is, right? We got less time on this earth, we got time to move around, (laughs) (laughs) got to learn from those past experiences. I seem to always be sharing words of wisdom from my mother. Yeah, Um, nothing wrong with that. Maybe we need to have her on again, you know. I don't know if it's the older I get. What's that old saying? The older you get, the smarter your parents get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. isn't that true? My mom gets smarter every day, and I find myself repeating things she said. Or still says <laughs> she's got lots of sayings. Yeah. Lots of sayings. Well, there's you're in. Yeah, she comes out in you. Yeah, about that. That's, that's true. That's true, and I'm grateful for that. So we have a great guest on tonight, yes. an author and a very smart woman. So looking forward to that. And with that, you guys know if you're a regular listener, we always have a random thought, and the thought usually has something to do with our guest or our topic so our random thought tonight is cash is queen cha-ching cash is queen (laughs) thank you bobby bobby is our producer and i came in without a random thought for about the fourth week in a row and uh, he helped me with that so thank you very much with that we'll take a break and be right back with your guest 
Whether you're an entrepreneur climbing the corporate ladder or a work-from-home parent, you are a boss. Together, we are cultivating your personal and professional growth. Check out TeresaRanConsulting.com today to find out more about this movement. All right, welcome back. Boss Lady Podcast, Al Smith here with Teresa Rand. All right, and we have a very, I know this is going to surprise you, especially if you're a long-time listener when I say this, we have a very smart guest tonight. Right? You always have smart guests. I know, right? I have the smartest people, yes. and, and this one is will not disappoint, no. I promise you. So tonight we have Nicole Overcamp, and I'm just going to read a few things about Nicole, because I really want to spend our time talking about are to her, not necessarily about her, but she is a personal finance expert and business coach for women, something I'm very passionate about. She's the founder and CEO of both Wilcox Financial Group and Powerhouse Money Coaching, Power spelled P-O-W-H-E-R, house. Get that? Got mm-hmm. that, guys, with the H-E-R in it? Okay, just yeah. checking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Coming out of a financial firm that was mostly male-dominated, she decided to use her skills to foster a no-judgment environment where women can be open and shameless about their finances and habits. Her signature is her authentic, no-BS, energetic approach that makes a challenging subject fun and engaging. Uh, I want to talk about your book. She has is the co-author of the best-selling book, Money Bitch, a no BS guide for smart women who want to own their financial future. I think that's a great introduction, Nicole, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to start talking to you. So welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, um, this bio, I just, it, it makes me excited to talk to you. You know, we've done a Zoom and we've met, but just your bio is full of energy, just like you are. And you know, the topic of finances and women, it's one we've chatted on or chatted about here a lot in the Boss Lady podcast. And it comes out a, out a lot in the work I do with women. I actually had a conversation with someone today that is struggling with what she charges people. And I'm sure you've never heard that, right? Oh, never. Never, <laughs> right. Why do women do that to themselves more? I mean, more than men. That's just a fact. We do. We don't negotiate as much. Yeah. All of those things. I'd like to hear your opinion on why we do that. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and what I find, it is a lack in confidence. It is a, um, a feeling of guilt. Sometimes I think we tend to feel guilty for asking for more money Mm. or we have these negative money emotions around pricing higher because we immediately think, Oh my goodness, what if the other person thinks it's too high? What are they going to say? What if they think I'm being obnoxious? What if they can't afford it? You know, we, we are always so inclined to think about how the other person is thinking and feeling versus taking care of ourselves first, right? Yeah. Um, and and it, it, it happens in our personal life, but it comes out in business so often. And um, and then when, when there's that, that confidence piece, too, where some women battle a little bit with imposter syndrome, where they don't feel they're yeah. worthy or deserving. Yeah. Um, and then the, the other place is, is, well, you know, am, am I good enough to receive this? Um, and, and speaking up for, for ourselves. And so 
we, especially in, in the business coaching, but of course in, in the financial side too, like it, it happens so often and a lot of the time, and, and you've probably found this in, in the work that you do in maybe interviewing is that women sometimes just need permission to know that like, it's okay. Yeah. And they are worth that and they need to be reminded. And, and as soon as that clicks, it, it gets easier, but, but those are the main reasons that we see. And it's just getting them to believe uh, not only that they're worth those prices, but also helping with the reverse engineer of that too, like the math and reminding them how much time that they've invested in learning what they're great at, what they're, what they're such an expert at and how much time it actually takes them to produce a service or a product too. They, they forget and discount it quite a bit. And so once that's there, it gives them so much more confidence to ask for that price because they just saw what it is that it takes to, to get from A to B. Yeah. So when you're coaching someone on their financial side of their business, how do you, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess what advice do you give them or how do you coach them on setting their price for what they do? Let's just, for example, say somebody just started a business building websites or managing someone's mm-hmm. social media or whatever the case may be. And you may have better examples than that. And they don't really know where to start setting that price. Cause this is what I see happen. They set their price really low and they get a lot of business, but then all of a sudden they've got more business than they can handle and they're not making the money they wanted to make, right? So how do you coach right. people yeah. through setting those initial prices? So it's, it's a combination of, of things and, and it is more of an art than a science for sure. Uh, I always say to people, and I work with a lot of service-based businesses and so it's it's a little trickier than, than a website, but you, you have to have a price that you're so confident about that you can sell it all day long because you know it's worth way more value. So mm-hmm. you definitely have to start with a price point that you're confident in, but you have to stay away from the price point that is going to make you feel completely burnt out, undercompensated, and overwhelmed. Right? Yeah. And so I, I, you know, the first thing is depending on your industry, and if it is building websites, for example, Search the competition. You know, what is everybody else right. charging in your field? Um, and I wouldn't look at if you're just a solo entrepreneur, forget the big companies, but other solo entrepreneurs in your state. Like, what are the average prices that, that they're charging? Because you are, it's okay to be more expensive, uh, but you, you don't want to be wildly more expensive or wildly underpriced. To your point, the, the floodgates are going to come in because everybody's going to be like, oh my God, this is a bargain, but then you're going to end up resenting your business. So, right. so that's the first thing is, is searching out the competition and, and seeing if, if there's a price or a median level that, that you can get. And then make sure that you understand what the deliverables are in those prices. So for example, if you're just doing a service level search, but not understanding all the details that go into that, you'll want to dig into that and then take a look at your packages and and what you're offering and what you're doing. And so you might have three main sweet spots or, or just one, depending on what you're doing and look at how much time it's going to take you from start to finish from the initial all with the client and gathering all the information that you're going to need to physically starting to work on the project or, or if it's coaching and working with them or whatever it is, all the way to completion. And how many hours does that take? 
and think of the hours that it takes when you're not client-facing too. So if there's any kind of prep or after work, all of that into consideration and then divide that by the price that you were thinking about. And if your hourly rate is $25 and $250 sounded more like it, that's when you have to start massaging the prices and either um, stacking the value of what it is that you're itemizing out to increase what that's worth uh, or just change it. You know, I, I think a lot of times we just forget that if we want to double our rates, we can. <laughs> we yeah, just have to right. believe in it because, um, you know, people buy confidence, they buy value. Price is not usually the issue. Price yeah. is typically our issue more than theirs. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's what we talk ourselves out of be, before proposing it. And so I, I would start with, with those two main things truly. And, um, and the hours thing is huge because we, we discount how much time something takes so often. And if you're not sure, track your hours next client project that you start doing and do a time awareness log and you'll be shocked, you know, as, as to how much time goes into something that in your brain you thought was, you know, maybe one hour probably three. Yeah, that, that's been one of my biggest lessons is that it I'll charge a client something and then it takes me twice as much time and then I'm frustrated mm-hmm. uh, because I'm like, oh, this was supposed to be a one-day project or half-day workshop and yeah. here I am, you know, in my third day preparing for it or doing the wrap-up or whatever. So I think that's great advice. What is your thought and I know I'm way off track with the questions I said I was going to ask you, but thank you for playing along. It's all good. <laughs> um, they're all related to money, Nicole, so that's good enough, right? Um, you know, you see, and I've, I've had different coaches say different things, different trains of thought. You see some websites, whether it's a coach or, again, a website, whatever it is, you go to their website and all the prices are there. This package, this package, yeah. this package. Or you have to have a complimentary call and they their prices are nowhere written, they're verbal. Is one better mm-hmm. than the other, in your opinion? So, no, I don't think so. I, I think it depends on your business model, first of all, and what stage of your business that you're in. I, I truly don't think that there's a right or a wrong. You definitely, if you don't have your prices on the page, you will want to somewhere in the copy allude to the investment the person should expect though. So for example, you know, are you ready to make a five figure investment? Are you ready to make a four figure investment? Because what you, what you want to be careful of is wasting your time on calls of people who are not qualified. So whether you put it in the copy or they have to fill out a, uh, a form or an application right. prior to booking that call with you, you'll want to do some kind of vetting process because nothing is more painful than spending an hour on a phone, an uh, hour on, on the phone with someone who's lovely, but cannot even come close to affording or thinking about your services. So you want to make sure they're serious and you want to make sure that their mindset is already in the ballpark of your prices. Um, if your business is in a place where you really do need to have that or, or type of business, right? And a lot of times it does come with coaching. You need to have that one-on-one conversation to really sell the value. And you're afraid that they'll get hung up on the price before they understand the value. A discovery call is great for that. Um, but, but making sure that you're vetting them before getting there is, is really important. If you can have some kind of technique or strategy 
and, and a lot of times for, for coaches too, who just don't have the traction or the numbers hitting their site or hitting their social media, you need that because you need the, the conversion ratios. You're not going to have as many numbers right. coming to you. So the call is a lot easier to close and convert. Whereas if your prices are on the website, you have to have a lot of copy, a lot of numbers where you don't care if somebody lands on it and they think price over value because you know enough people are going to buy to support right. your, your revenue goal. You know, so, that, that uh, is, you know, and, yeah. and there's a lot of, oh, I'm go not, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. It's, it's what's hard about the phone. <laughs> I can't tell if you're oh, breathing yeah. or you're stopping. <laughs> so go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's all good. Um, and I was just going to say, and, and, and I do work with a lot of people who do it both ways, and they're equally successful. Uh, but but they do have different, I would say that the, the, the coaches or the individuals that I'm working with who have their prices right on the site, they have a lot higher volume or their lower ticket offers, right? Yeah. So, so that's definitely something to, to keep in mind. I love the pre-questionnaire because I, and this show is not about me, but for just a minute, it's going to be about me because that's great advice. (laughs) And I'm sure it's not, I'm not the only one that needs to hear it. I don't post my prices and I do a, you know, a complimentary discovery call, but I have had those calls where it sometimes doesn't take me but 10 or 15 minutes to know, to know uh, this person is not going to probably pay. I mean, you just get that field, you know, you kind of learn yep. to know, but they're, like you said, they're, they're lovely people and I, I want to help them, but I know that, you know, it's, it's not going to go where, where it needs to go for my business. So the thought of doing that preliminary, however, whether it's in a call or are you ready to invest in yourself at this level is something I'm going to put into action. I, I really like that thought price but part of the reason i don't list my prices is because they do vary not a lot but Mm -hmm. i have several things in my toolbox and depending on what the client's pain point is what they need kind of determines my price i know what you know what tools i'm going to use you know so i don't put but i have a girlfriend i can't wait for her to listen to this who um is putting her prices out there and she's doing well so it'll be a good conversation for us to have when when she listens to this podcast. So that's that's a yeah. different way that I've not heard it before, um, and it's always a topic that never goes out of style with with the women. You know what they charge. Like I said, I had a conversation mm-hmm. with somebody about it today, and it's like, well, I, I you know I'm new in business and blah, you know whatever. We all come up with the different excuses. It, we, it never goes away. Right, you know, never we, goes we away. All, question ourselves yeah yeah so it's, it's good to, to talk it out and, and then just have the confidence behind the value that you're yeah. providing and um and you can keep raising your prices incrementally i you know it's more important to be able to stand in front of the mirror and say it with confidence than it is to have it just right you know yeah. it'll never be just right you're always gonna and you'll feel it too i think as you start selling something you're like oh my god they got so much more value than what they paid i'm absolutely gonna raise it next yeah, you know, and, yeah. Um, and, and that gets easier too. And, and in your type of business where you said you have different packages and, and sometimes it's a little specific and, and for us too, especially with financial planning, um, if I know and, and can tell in conversation that someone is going to be a lot of work, I'm going to charge for that. Yeah. Right. Um, because it, it's got to be fair on both ends. And, and if I'm getting aggravated with the client because they're exhausting me, 
but I'm not getting paid enough. That's not their fault. That's no, my fault. Right. Absolutely. Right? So, Absolutely. Um, you know, keep that in mind too. You want them to have a good experience and them having the best experiences, you having the best yeah, experience. Yeah, that's so true. You want to be and, fully and engaged like and not frustrated. Paid. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. one of the questions we did talk about and that I, I wanted to ask is one of the questions on your one sheeters, what are the biggest challenges women business owners face? Because we know Al and I just, just did a show not too long ago on how many women are becoming entrepreneurs. I mean, it's it's way more than men. Um, and especially black women are really deciding to leave the workforce and become highly successful uh, entrepreneurs. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you see that women business owners face? Well, um, there, there's a few of them in the, the first is their ability to ask for help, <laughs> the yeah. ability to set boundaries and say no. And then the third is, is confidence, that lack in confidence in everything that we, we were really just talking about truly in terms of, um, being able to ask for what they want, but also price themselves right and and have that confidence behind the, the value and the price that they're asking. But but those are the three biggest things, you know, and, and the ability to ask for help. Uh, women, especially women business owners, sometimes are a little guilty of playing martyr and yeah. uh, yeah. saying how busy they are and they're doing all of the things. They're doing everything for their family. They're doing everything for, you know, their kids, their parents, the, the company, and they are running themselves to death, right, into the ground, saying yes to everything, and they forget that they can ask their kids to clean up after dinner. They forget they can ask their spouses to help. They forget that they can hire someone to help for the things that they don't have time yeah, for, yeah. Um, that that they, you know, really need to focus on working in their zone of genius, not their zone of competence, and hiring for all the other stuff, because that's how they're going to actually make more money. And it's just a scary shift sometimes. And then women, and, and this, it, it coincides right with the confidence thing, is that, you know, they, they think to themselves, and, and I was one of these women, like, uh, is that, oh, my gosh, if I ask for help, they're going to think I can't handle it. Right, they're going to think right. I should just go back to work. They're going to think um, that I'm not cut out for this, right? So we have this little head trash in our head, yeah. you know, talking about that. And, and it's, it's converting the belief that asking for help doesn't mean I'm helpless asking for help means I'm really badass, right? Yeah. Um, that's, that's And, and yeah. then setting the boundaries. Guilty, yeah. guilty, and so, guilty so. of all three of those throughout the last yeah. three years. Uh, <laughs> Al and I have been speak, talking a lot about asking for help and knowing what to do and what to either yeah. ask someone else to do or pay somebody else to do, right, Al? We, we yeah, talk a lot about exactly that. exactly right. And I would also think uh, another big factor is not seeing somebody who looks like you uh, being an entrepreneur or, or, or because that's a, it's a risky profession, right? It's yeah, a risky thing definitely. you do. So it's, there's comfort it in knowing somebody is like you, like has same life experiences, yeah. I think would, would, and then how to deal with money and then where, you know, what's their relationship with money and finances before going out to become an entrepreneur, which is, you know, yeah, a graveyard. Not for, for the faint of, of heart. Yeah. Not for the faint of heart. Well, Nicole, we we, we could talk all night because this is fascinating, and and maybe we'll have you back. I want to again recommend your book. You you can buy your book on Amazon. I think you told me. 
That's correct. You can buy it on Amazon or our website. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but I didn't all of a sudden have my note right there. But Money Bitch, a no BS guide for smart women who want to own their own fin- to own their financial future. And uh, you have obviously done that, done it really well. And we will put all of your contact information out there. And uh, as we, I do a yearly conference, so we may like to have you on again next fall as we're gearing up for that. It's a great conversation for women to talk about finances because a lot of the women that come to my conference are entrepreneurs. And um, this is just a subject that we all need to hear. And I know every time I hear it, just like tonight, I learn something different that I can think about or maybe do different and maybe try. So thank you for being here. Thank you for um, being in this business because I, I, I'm sure you help a lot of women. And um, like you said, that's one of our number one issues is asking for help when there's so many resources like you out there. So thank you for that, for the work that you're doing. And thank you for being on tonight. My pleasure. Thank you. I could talk about this stuff all day. I know, right? <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's good for us. And I'm glad we're talking about it because it becomes mm-hmm. more normal when we all realize we have the same issues, quite frankly, <laughs> no matter who we are. <laughs> you know, we all have the same stuff. It's so true. Yep. So true. So I will end the show tonight, like I always do, with my grandfather saying that he told us when he was alive to always take time to stop and smell the roses. So until we meet again, take care.